Welcome, friends, to Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter. We bring you the greatest female voices in the music industry, from the artists, songwriters, and producers, to managers and executives, and all the women who make the music industry what it is today. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Crazy Women Country. I'm Donna, and today I'm here with the amazing Tara Lynn. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. It's uh, bright and sunny here and kind of hot in Florida. Uh, how's the weather in uh, Nashville? It has been raining all day, and I tell you, I love Music City, and they do a lot of things right, but driving in the rain is not one of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And for anyone that's not driven around Nashville, there's always traffic. There is, yeah. There's, yeah. I don't think there's ever not a time that there's traffic. Everyone's in a great while, maybe, but. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> maybe at like an odd hour of the morning, you know, people are stopping playing music before they start playing music again. Yes. <laughs> Somewhere between. <laughs> between 2 and 6 a.m., maybe? <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> it's an odd hour. <laughs> oh. Well, we love to start off with one of the most difficult questions ever. Who is Tara Lynn? Oh, my goodness. And I don't think I've been asked uh, in such uh, simple form before. This is going to be interesting. So, um, well, I'm a singer-songwriter. I, uh, but I think before that, one of the things I identify most is just where I'm from. I'm from the Appalachian Mountains. And I think the reason I emphasize that a lot, it might be a little bit of guilt. Because, you know, whenever I was younger, I just wanted to get out constantly. I was dreaming about the big city. And then I finally got out and I started doing all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, turns out they weren't the problem. I was the problem the whole time. So I think I've spent the past couple of years just kind of diving into this appreciation for where I'm from. So I'm like, I'm a singer songwriter, but let me tell you something. I'm an Appalachian woman first, you know? <laughs> oh, that is so cool. And Tigger saying hi, everyone. She's coming for hugs. Uh, for those Tigger. of you not yeah, that's Tigger. Say hi, Tigger. Hey, Tigger. Okay. She's like, I just came for my hugs because mommy's doing an interview. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> it's so sweetie. Um, so tell us what got you into music? Where you know, what was the definitive point where now well, let me backtrack a few more steps here. When when were you working at Gibson? When did that whole thing with Gibson start being the first female supervisor for lumber? I, I just want to know that because that is such a cool role to have. Yeah. So actually I just hit my year with Gibson last week. So I was living in Texas at the time and um, the job I had was kind of hit and miss because they were coming off of the quarantine and all that kind of stuff. And that job was actually one of my first desk jobs I've ever had because I worked in construction my entire life. So just manual labor, uh, you know, putting on roofs, doing sheetrock, rebuilding houses, even landscaping, digging, digging ditches, that kind of stuff. I've always been a lot better with my hands than I've been with my head. And so, you know, when the job was a little bit hit and miss and, you know, I've been thinking more towards Nashville and my recording contract was up and, you know, just kind of dreaming a little bit. And I got on Indeed and I just so happened to see that they had an opening for a supervisor and I thought, there's no way that this is going to happen. Like, there's no way they're going to hire me. But I put in for it anyways. And they called me 
And it was such a great conversation. And then it turns out they had that opening at the lumber mill. Um, and so I just thought, you know, there's, there's Gibson, they make guitars, they're incredible, but also it's the lumber mill, which is right up my alley, just sawdust and dirt everywhere. And man, they offered me the job. And I think I had like a week to get out here. And I was like, you know what? I'm just trying to leave right now. So I packed my bags and left two days later. (laughs) That is so cool. That is definitely, you know, one of those, like, sometimes you're just meant to be somewhere at a certain time and everything's just supposed to happen. And I think that's just one of those indicators, which is like right in your lane and everything just fit perfectly. Yeah. It was like, uh, it was like being baited. It was like a piece of Tara bait. Like, wait a minute, music. (laughs) and woodworking are you kidding me this is this is a little bit more than coincidental I feel like I'm being baited at this point by the universe (laughs) absolutely so when did you realize that you wanted to be into music full-time you know I uh I went through a uh, breakup and I feel like there's going to be a lot of probably a lot of women on the podcast that kind of have stories that start like this. I went through this really traumatic breakup in 2019 and I had, of course, always loved music. It was, it was a form of therapy for me, but after that breakup, it really, uh, it legitimately and literally broke something inside of me. And there was something in me for the first time in my life that instead of responding to uh, tragedy and suffering and heartbreak with um, depression and all of those things, not that I wasn't sad, but there was something that just kind of rose up inside of me that thought, you know what? I am somebody, whether this person, you know, threw me away, like I wasn't somebody, I am, am somebody. And I'm going to, I'm going to not, not really so much prove that to them, but prove it to me. You know, it doesn't matter what he thought. I know what I am. I know what I'm capable of. And so from that point on, I set out and it was an interesting thing because I didn't start just like writing the songs for the first EP. I I remember writing on a piece of paper, five titles to songs because I never really, uh, you know, done it professionally or anything like that. So I, I write on this page, these are five song titles. And then I wrote the songs from there. And after I did that, ended up getting connected with uh, Billy Dorsey. He's a Grammy winning producer down in Houston and he heard it and he wanted to work with me. And so uh, from there, it just kind of, it took off, you know, what started as, as this uh, moment, this pivotal moment, you know, I can either, I can either go down this road of depression because what happened um, or I can rise up and do something about it. And I chose to do that. And I'm, I'm thankful for that experience uh, because of course, every breakup is uh, equal opportunity. It's 50, 50, there's responsibility on both parts, but there are some times when you do kind of get tossed aside. And so I'm thankful for the experience and, and what came out of it, but it just really helped fuel me. And it really is what pushed, excuse me, pushed me into my music career And once people started to respond to that EP and to the singles, I was like, wait a minute, I could actually do this for a living. And it just, I just, I believe that from then on, whether it's true or not remains to be seen officially, but I took it and I ran with it from there. Oh, that's wonderful. And and not, not the breakup, obviously, but the, the fact that you took something that was bad like that and, you know, you just turned into this really positive impact of your life, you know? Some people can't do that change that, you know, that's my fuel for doing it. Some people are like, yeah, whatever it is, what it is. And then they just move on, you know, but it's, it's great to see taking that and just 
pushing yourself forward. And in, like you said, as whatever it comes out down to, it comes down to. And uh, I think there are musicians at every level and artists that uh, there's a place for everyone. That's what I feel at least. That's true. And you can't, uh, I find as an artist, you can't really um, have a lot of depth and have a lot of relatability about you until you've gone through some hard stuff, you know, and I had already gone through hard things, but for some reason, this was the tipping point at, I think I was 30 years, 31 years old at the time, the tipping point of like, okay, I got to do something, you know? And so it went from there and it did nothing but add, uh, add to just not just depth in songwriting. Cause the songs are a little bit sassy after that breakup, but just depth of, you know, relatability to people, other artists or to listeners. And it's, uh, I just have to, I have to count it all a blessing, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. So who are some of the women that have inspired you to do music or that inspire you today? Oh, you know what? I have to say first and foremost, my mom, (laughs) because I grew up uh, watching my mom and my grandmother and my sister all sing in church. So it was all the women in the family up singing on stage. And I was not up there with them. I was very shy and I didn't even know that I could sing, you know? So I, I watched them lead by example, taking, you know, a gift that they had and using it for good. And my mom specifically, because she, um, you know, she has a lot of health issues and has been in a lot of pain all of her life and suffered a lot. And I have, I have watched her um, throughout her life and in the deepest, darkest moments, and she's never stopped using her voice and she's never lost her song. And that, that is my main inspiration uh, because I just, and as much as I love so many artists that are making it big right now um, and making an impact and just writing meaningful songs for me, I've just never seen a woman as strong as my mom, you know, keeping, she just, she keeps singing. She keeps, uh, keeps the song in her heart, keeps using what she has, no matter what's being thrown at her. And if I, I'm six feet tall, but if I could be half of the woman that she is, you know, <laughs> whenever I'm older, I, I will have succeeded in life. That is beautiful. And I think mo- a lot of us have our mom as inspiration first and foremost. Absolutely. So, you know, you just had a recent release come out um, on April 15th, uh, Landmine. So you want to tell us a little bit about that and the writing behind it and the story? Ooh, Landmines. Yeah. So um, it's, of course, like all the other ones, it's a little bit of an interesting story. So at the time when I wrote it, I had already started at Gibson's Lumber Mill and it was the heat of the summer. We were short staffed and where I'm from, you know, whether you're a supervisor or you're on the line, you still get your hands dirty, you know? So we're short staffed and I go down and I'm working on the bandsaw for a couple of weeks. And it's really difficult, um, you know, being in the heat of the mill, working with your hands standing. I mean, it's pretty, pretty uh, difficult work on your body. And so one of the things I learned years ago in construction was if I want my body to keep going and get the job done, I'm going to have to get my mind straight and I'm going to have to keep my mind active and keep it positive. And so one of the ways I do that is I, I try to remain creative throughout the shift or whatever I'm doing, whatever job at the time. So I'm on the bandsaw and I'm cutting out the necks of the Les Paul guitars that are just, you know, going to be going out to musicians all over the country. And I'm thinking about uh, a relationship that I'm in and how, 
you know, I talked about my breakup and then you get in relationships with other people and everybody has baggage, you know, nobody is the exception to the rule. And so I just, I was going through it really heavy in that season of just, you know, bringing my baggage to the table and bringing their baggage to the table. And, you know, and I talk about the natural pursuit of the other one's heart. You, you accidentally are stepping on these wounded places and, you know, triggering the other person unintentionally. And for me, I just had that picture of a landmine, you know, I'm just trying to get somewhere and I'm stepping on these and they're just blowing up. And so landmines was my creative kind of sassy attitude-ish way to, to express that, to express what I was going through relationally at the time. And it, um, I think I just, I wrote it in my head in about 10 minutes. It was just one of those things that, you know, that you just kind of do as therapy, but it actually is a little bit relatable to everyone else. So it was a, it was a pretty interesting process. And I, I love how you come up with those different dexterity of, of the idea, because, you know, that's the one thing in songwriting that, you know, you hear universally is say what everyone else is saying, but say it differently in a better way. And that's what makes the, yeah, so. absolutely. It's just painting that picture, sure. uh, you know, and what's cool is that sometimes I have pictures, I have very active imagination and I'm synesthetic, which, you know, is just kind of like a, what they would call a miswiring of the brain. And so it's interesting whenever I picture something or liken something to something else. And then other people are like, you know, that makes sense. And I'm like, well, that's good. Cause I thought I was absolutely insane, you know, and sometimes it's cliche and sometimes it's cheesy and, but either way, it just kind of works. <laughs> oh, well, definitely a great song. So looking forward to uh, sharing it with everyone else. And uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, I encourage you after the interview to go check it out. Yeah, go stream landmines. <laughs> so are you ready for the 20 crazy questions? I don't think I'll ever be ready, but that's life, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. And they are fun. There are no right or wrong answers, except one that could possibly get us arrested, you know, but we'll, we'll get to cross that bridge when we get there. Hey, what what is uh, being a country music singer without getting arrested every once in a while? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, so what was the last thing you read? The Bible. Hypothetically, if I came to you and said, I need to hide a dead body. Do you know a good place? Oh my gosh, you're right. This is, is, is the FBI listening to this? Because if they are, I have no clue. If they're not, there's this place uh, back home called Backbone Mountain. And uh, I think it's called Backbone Mountain for a reason. So you just let me know if that ever happens. Hypothetically. Hey, hypothetically. Wink. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell us the best concert or the top two concerts that you've ever been to. You know what? Um, I just said, I was at the CMT Awards last night covering them uh, for the magazine. And even though that wasn't just a concert, it was an award ceremony. That was the most fun I think I've ever had between all of the just extravagant performances. And I, I would have to say the 2022 CMT awards. Beautiful. And they, that was, they were some amazing, yeah, I was watching obviously from TV. So it was amazing to watch some of those performances. It was like, yeah. Oh my gosh. It was incredible. I mean, the Judds, did you see that? Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, loved it. Oh. What's the first thing you would do if you won the lottery? 
And we're not talking like a hundred bucks. We're talking like, you know, a couple million, hundred million, something like that. Crazy amount. And you know, I've been thinking about this lately because I've been watching deal or no deal in my spare time. So I'm already in this frame of mind. What I would have to do first is pay off all of the debt in my family and my debt. And then I don't actually think I got any farther than that. Shoot. Maybe a boat. I thought I was prepared. Totally wasn't. But let's go with debt first. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I think most of us are logically programmed to say, yes, we want to pay off all our debt and then we'll go from there. Isn't that funny where we're at as a country? Like nobody's like, you know what? I'm going to chase this dream. And it's like, I want to get out of debt, (laughs) (laughs) get out of debt and then do whatever you want. Right. Then I'll dream. (laughs) Tell us something on your bucket list. Oh, I want to go to Iceland and I want to stay in one of those igloo hotels and look at the Northern lights. I am such a uh, color person and being synesthetic colors just have such an effect on my emotion. And I've just, my whole life, that's all I wanted to do is go watch those Northern lights. Oh, that is awesome. Well, take me with you, but just not to the igloo because I, yeah, I like cold a little bit, but I'm kind of one of those that I'd rather be inside. So yeah. (laughs) Well, you are in Florida, so that makes sense. But I tell you what, we'll get some, get some tickets. We'll get on our way. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) They say the best time is January. So. Oh, shoot. We got to wait a minute though. That's all right. Cause we have debt to pay off before we can even afford to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So after I hit the lottery, we'll, we'll just go do that then right after, you know, pay off our debts. Absolutely. What job would you be terrible at? Oh man. Teaching math. I don't know what's wrong with my brain, but I cannot math. Not one bit. Can't even, can't even figure out the tips at a restaurant. And I understand that you just moved the decimal, but I also don't understand. So keep me away from teaching anyone math because it would be an absolute disaster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No math for you. No, no, it's okay. I find that um, there's a lot of people that are very creative and even musicians. And obviously you have your counts and chords and, th- you know, in that area. And that that's to me, that's totally like, you know, foreign, but I'm like, you know, when, when they're telling me about the different, the, the four or the eights or the, you know, the bars and different, I'm like, that's interesting that you have those, but yet the math thing, I'm like, it's interesting how that you would think it would overlap, but it doesn't seem to be that's doing that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm pretty simple. Cause I don't understand either of it. <laughs> I'm like, I just like to sing songs that don't make me sad anymore. <laughs> I love it. Do you have a game plan for zombie apocalypse? And if so, what is it? Oh my gosh. I swear this is my favorite interview I've ever done. I I'm have, so glad to hear that. I'm telling this is right up my my country alley. I have a lifted Jeep Wrangler covered in rhino liner with 35 inch, uh, tires, which is my first step in the, in the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> because I have thought about this. So I'm getting in my Jeep and I'm beyond, I like, I'm, I'm, I'm country. I'm a mountain woman. So I'm gonna get the guns out of the closet, mm-hmm. but that, that Jeep is my first line of defense. And I, honestly, with the 35 is just, just mulling, mulling it over them. I'm done. one by one, just taking them out like uh, bowling pins. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I just want to come with him. We can blast the music while we're doing it. On our way to Iceland, we'll be running over zombies (laughs) 
<laughs> with our lottery money just yeah. blowing out its wind. <laughs> oh, this is a great image. I'm telling you. I know. <laughs> Tell us what artists or albums should we listen to before we die? Oh my goodness. Not saying we're going to die during our zombie apocalypse while we're running with the money and all that, but just saying if we die, we have the Jeep, so we're good. Okay. I mean, I'm telling you. Uh, anything Johnny Cash. I mean, that man, and, and he's, he's a big reason why I do music because uh, whenever I was a little kid, I just, I always felt older than my age, you know, and I always had an awareness of like a lot of like the deep, more tragic parts of life. And his music, even even the the more happy stuff, still you could feel the torture in in his voice, you know. And so it resonated with me. And I don't know if that's why I started, you know, dressing in black half the time, or you know, brooding all the time, or what. But I tell you what, he he was so real and so authentic. I would say anything Johnny Cash you can get your hands on, you better be listening to it. Wonderful, great recommendation. Who would play you in a movie about your life? Oh my gosh. I hope Julia Roberts. Cause I got to tell you a story. Whenever I was a kid in the mountains and they, it was like middle school and they lined all the kids up for a career day and all that kind of stuff. And they went down the line. What do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to do? So they go down the girls, you know, I want to be a teacher and I want to be a nurse. And now mind you, all these are amazing, amazing things that contribute to society I want to be a teacher. I want to be a nurse. You know, I want to do this. I want to do that. My best friend, uh, I want to get married and I want to have a house in the mountains. And then they got to me, Tara, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, I want to be Julia Roberts. (laughs) For some reason, I thought I could be Julia Roberts. So the fact that she's tall like me, redheaded like me, I would, I could only dream that she would ever play me in a movie. I mean, Julia, if you're listening, I love you. Please play me in a movie. All you have to do is cut all the sleeves off of your t-shirts and have a little bit of a hick accent. You'll be good to go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. Oh, I love it. Okay. So where's Waldo? I think that uh, he's where Jimmy Hoffa is. Hmm. And where's that? We don't know. We don't know. We heard maybe the Hudson, but they've never found him in the Hudson. So it scares me how fast that was my answer. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was good though. I like that one. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Would you rather cook or order in? Order in every day of the week. I, um, I don't really, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like to work for my food. I I am lazy in that regard. I grew up cooking and I love having a garden and all that, but no, I'm an order in all day long. Wonderful. Any, any favorite meals or places? It depends. So uh, I have ADHD and with that comes hyperfixation. So I will... I will get in these habits and I'll eat the same food for dinner, like every day for a month until all of a sudden I hate it. And so really, I think right now I'm on a kick of uh, sweet potatoes and sauteed mushrooms. Like I just can't get enough of them. But so far as a, an actual place, 
Um, this is going to show just how cultured I am and very fancy and refined, but I love McDonald's so much. And, uh, if you give me a McChicken any day of the week, I'm going to be ecstatic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. I love everyone that's down to earth. That's, I just love people who are themselves. Yeah. I, you know, people talking about, I've seen other artists like wanting endorsements from this place and that place. And I'm like, if I could get endorsed by the dollar menu, my dreams would come true. I'm telling you what. (laughs) (laughs) With a lifetime supply of like, you know, chicken, whatever, you know. Uh, Mm. Heaven. Absolute (laughs) heaven. I'm going to have to go to McDonald's after this. (laughs) Well, had you been here, I I actually made dinner. So I would have gladly shared with you. Oh, man. So... (laughs) It was simple. That was spaghetti tonight. So, Hey, I love it. I love Italian food. You sing in the shower. Absolutely. Because you sound so much better in the shower or you think you do the, the acoustics. So I think that part of my career is also attributed to singing in the shower and convincing myself I can actually do this again, whether I can remains to be seen. But all day long, it is it is my uh, it is my concert time. <laughs> well, you're very talented and have some great music out, so I think you oh, can. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Boots or heels? Boots, 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 all day long. I uh, I have been wearing combat boots um, or some form of boots probably since the day I was born. Because I, I end up telling people, you know, I, I came out six feet tall with boots on. So. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. What's the best thing since sliced bread? Oh, my goodness. This one stumped me a little bit. What's the best thing since sliced bread? McDonald's. I think. McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a shameless plug. I legitimately, (laughs) I'm cheap and I love McDonald's. I just love McDonald's so much. (laughs) Oh, do you have any guilty pleasure music? If so, what is it? You know what? And and not a lot of people uh, would, would think this, but I love, I love me some good rap music because I, I did spoken word poetry for a long time and I actually personally love to rap. It's not something you would expect, but I have a friend. He's a singer here in Nashville. His name's Noah G. And him and I are actually collaborating. Nobody knows this. We are collaborating on like a Southern rock kind of country rap song. And I, I'm going to get on that track and rap. So guilty pleasure all day long. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited to hear this collaboration. I will tell you that. Oh, it's going to be so good. Okay, so let me know when I can get a sneak peek. I promise to keep it under wraps. You will hear it first. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) What's the worst pizza topping? Anchovies. Oh, you like anchovies? I do not. No. Okay, good. I was gonna I was gonna hang up this phone call. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm really glad it wasn't the pineapple issue. Oh no, I can do pineapple, pineapple and ham all day long. The only thing, if we're talking about food combinations that I do not do is chocolate and mint. I just, I can't, 
it, it reminds me of my toothpaste. So I'm like, I don't understand this. I don't judge as partially anchovies, but that's a combination. I just can't, I can't deal with. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the same way, like chocolate orange, like the orange chocolate stuff. I'm like, that's weird to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. They do. They won't put anything with chocolate nowadays. I'm yeah. like, listen, let's not reinvent the wheel. Just leave it alone. Yes. And let's take the um, corn syrup out of it and just make real chocolate from milk. And thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you very much. <laughs> oh, we, are, we are that easy in this life. We are that easy. Right. Thank you for coming to our chocolate TED talk. Just take the corn syrup out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you could be any person or a position like a CEO or accountant, obviously we know accountants probably not on the table on this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a low blow come on <laughs> well you, you said no math no math so that's what no. i'm taking out so <laughs> <laughs> so who or what position would you want to be for the day oh is it okay is it just one day i'm gonna overthink this just yeah one just day. just one day so if like for me like let me give you my example i would want to be dolly parton for the day because you know not the fact that she gets bit like three in the morning or whenever like that but because she just she's so creative. She has a routine. She's just an awesome person. And, you know, just to see what she does for one day in her shoes, I think would just be cool. You know what? And I got to go along that vein. And I don't know why this wasn't my immediate answer. I would want to be Reba. That would- like, can we talk about how incredible Reba is just yes. a powerhouse of a woman and a singer, all the sass. It might be the red hair thing again, too. I'm not sure. <laughs> but if I could be Reba for a day, oh my gosh. Is there anything better than that? That would be awesome too. That would be. Ben Dolly. Oh. I I think we should try to do a a collaborative thing that we would like to interview them together and just spend the day with them. And it's nothing. Just spend the day and whatever they want us to write about them, we'll write it. I don't, I don't care whatever you want me to write about you. you Whatever they say. um, Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Now you got my turning. What Queens. Uh, Absolutely. So are you good at keeping secrets? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm not going to tell you any on here because that'll just totally ruin it. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know why that got me for some reason. (laughs) You're just very like deadpan. And I'm like, wait, oh, there it is. (laughs) I try. I try. I'm I'm trying to be too smiley. That was so good. (laughs) At what age? Did you become an adult? Oh, I'll let you know. Awesome. I'll have to get, <laughs> get back with you. I love oh. how, uh, you know, I do a lot of different stuff because I don't know, maybe it's my attention span. So I'll do music and I'll paint and I'll do sports and I'll work on my vehicle and I'll build furniture. Like I, I built this desk that I'm setting the computer on and people are like, Tara, is there anything you can't do? And I'm like, pretty much function as like a normal adult in society is the only thing that I haven't quite got a handle on yet. You're functioning fine. I mean, why, hey, why can't you do multiple things? That way. <laughs> I mean, had I met you before I painted the house this weekend, I'd be like, come on over to Florida. You can have me paint the whole house. The exteriors, you know. I love that. And I need a vacation too. Florida sounds, that sounds right. Nice to me. Okay, wonderful. So I'll, I'll bring you over for vacation and put you to work. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Wonderful. Do you have any words of wisdom that you live by? 
And if so, what are they? Oh, I've never been asked that before. Um, that's probably telling why people haven't asked me for any <laughs> kind of, <laughs> for myself. Um, mm. Well, I tell you what, I have, I have a, a, a Bible verse, like a uh, location tattooed on my arm and it's Micah seven, eight. And it says, rejoice not over me. Oh, my enemy, when I fall for, I shall rise. And so not necessarily a definitive word of wisdom, but just, just keeping the faith and keeping the hope and knowing that you can get up from this. There, there have been so many things in my life that, that individually in that moment, I thought this is it. I'm going to die of a broken heart. I'm going to, I'm going to die, you know, of the situation. It's that's, what's going to take me out. And every single time by the grace of God, I have gotten back up on my feet. And so I, I never want to tell people just pull yourself up by your bootstraps because that's hard sometimes. And that's honestly not always helpful, but just, just have the knowing that, that you can get back up, you know, you, you can overcome the things that, that seem insurmountable in the moment. You're powerful, uh, you know, and I, I, I think it's interesting, the cliches that talk about this too shall pass and all this kind of stuff. And they're cliches, but they're so true sometimes, you know, I just give it a moment and you'll be able to get back up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. And that's very beautiful to, to share. Absolutely. So would you like to tell us a little bit about this awesome magazine you started, the Bridge Music Magazine, and tell us why you started it? Absolutely. This has been a a labor of love. So fully, just being fully transparent, I I started this magazine, gosh, it's, it's been two years ago, so it's not that long in the grand scheme of things, but it seems like forever. It was like right right after the pandemic in that weird spot where people just didn't know what to do with themselves. Like we weren't really back to work, but we were a little bit. So I, um, I think I was about to release, um, my second single, not so nice, which is a breakup song that had, that had come out. And, um, I was just like excited about the music, but in this weird position and thinking about, just everything that it takes to be successful as an artist. And a lot of it nowadays, everything's digital, it's press and it's, you know, it's coverage, it's articles, it's, it's people getting to know you connecting with audiences, connecting with uh, publications, stuff like that. And so I was sitting on my couch in my underwear one day, literally on my computer, just, you know, and that's probably the picture of post pandemic life. And I was just thinking about all the things that I needed in order to be able to get my name out there. And I, um, I just had this thought of, man, there's, I bet there's so many other, other artists like me who are in the beginning of their career. They haven't made it yet. They don't have the backing of a huge PR agency or a huge record label, and they need the same thing. And my love language, my main love language is words of affirmation. I love, love. I love hyping people up just just speaking affirmation over them, encouraging them. And it all kind of came together of like, I need this in music. Other people need this. I love to say nice things, you know, about other people. I'm going to do this myself. 
So I started Bridge Music Magazine and it started as this dinky little website because I don't know anything about websites and I am cheap. So I was not going to hire someone else to do it. (laughs) So (laughs) I taught myself how to make a website and that was the most difficult part. The easy part came when I went to look for artists and I listened to their music and just wrote what I thought you know, just the, just listening to these people share their, their, their music, which is their heart and their dreams with me and just the nuances and in their stories and in the, in the songs themselves and just started writing and writing and writing, connecting with other artists. And it just kind of blew up and uh, came to the point where about eight months ago, um, somehow a rep from universal music group, which is like the second largest record label in the world, uh, got a hold of me. And I thought I was being punked. I really thought it was a joke, but she got a hold of me and we, we hopped on a conference call and they liked what they saw and they wanted to, to partner with us. And so from there it took off and it's just been this amazing journey of, of getting to connect with other people who share the same dreams uh, seeing people who are farther along in their careers or just starting their careers and getting to just hype them up like their brothers and sisters, you know, getting to um, just encourage them, getting to to use my gifts and talents of, you know, writing and graphic design, that kind of stuff. And now use this platform that I've built to just hype everyone else up. So we get to cover uh, we get to cover artists for Universal go to press conferences. And on top of that, we still always accept submissions from everybody. So I have people emailing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds a week, please listen to my music and me and, uh, and my supporters. And we, we just get to listen to it. We get to try to cover as many as we can. And it's just been this created this big ball of love you know, in the community of connecting people. And so sorry to be long-winded, but it really is just kind of a passion project of, you know, getting to connect with other people, getting to hype them up. And then in turn, they, they end up listening to my music. So it's just kind of, it's mutual all around. It's just been a really, really beautiful journey. I, I love that. And, and it's okay. Long-winded is perfect because sometimes you need to be. And yeah, that's kind of like the basis of Crazy Women Country. We kind of started with the idea of we want to help women that are starting some not signed. We have, we've had a couple that were signed on here or just getting signed and, you know, just bring that community because, you know, radio doesn't play women as much. We're down to 8% in country music. Um, And then at festivals, I mean, it's less than 30% women on, on, you know, there are some that don't even have women. I'm like, it's less than that, but I mean, 30% or less is pretty much it for festivals. So you know, there's wow. such a void in it right now. And I mean, from the nineties till today, it's like, we're going backward in history and time and everything because that deficit of, of women in, you know, I mean, nineties, we had the, you know, Reba, Dolly, Shania, all the women that came out, you know, it was like about 35% women airplay. So it was a closer to equitable playing. Right. So, right. but yeah, but so. Changed so much. And I've, now that you say that, and I mean, I knew it, it's just one of those things that, you know, you, you try, try not to let it bring you down, but there are times when you really have to stop and reflect and like, look at the reality of like, listen, there's some injustices here. And I've had an interesting journey because I, um, one there was a publication wrote an article and they, they called me the blue collar Barbie, which I thought was hilarious. Um, because my background 
is not really your typical background for a female artist. I mean, coming from construction, you know, doing the hard labor, um, it's, it's been an interesting journey because most people, a lot of people love that and they relate to it, but there has been like a small niche of people that are like, I don't know what to do with her. She doesn't fit into the mold that I want her to fit into as a woman in the music industry. And I'm like, listen, I, I can't fit in your mind. I can't even see it. I couldn't do anything but me, me in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so there, there really are some, some major discrepancies, not just with, with pay, not just with airplay, not just with coverage, but just, um, you know, just, just the freedom to be yourself. I mean, how many other women, I, I countless, I'm assuming that are like me, that we we're the rough and tumble kind of group. We have not had easy lives. We've, we've had to do work that's, that's outside the norm of females. That's not considered pretty and, you know, just tie it up with a bow. And so there there's, there's probably, so many other women out there that are like, Hey man, I I'm wearing dirty work boots all the time too. Like, and, and I hope that, that with my platform and I hope that, uh, you know, by people like you and your organization, bringing light to these things that we can, we can collectively band together for this next generation of women and be like, Hey, we, we come in all different colors. We come in all different shapes and sizes. And, you know, she's a teacher and she's a nurse and well, she just likes to dig ditches, but you know, we're all women just the same and just, just allow and facilitate this atmosphere of freedom to just be who you are as a woman without having a thumb just kept on you constantly. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a, I'm a little bit passionate about this. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I absolutely. Um, yes. Yes. Everything you said, agree a hundred percent. I mean, hmm. absolutely. So what do you have going on for the rest of this year? Obviously we know work and stuff, but I mean, playing any gigs, writing more songs, releasing more music. Yes. Yes. So I, um, I'm in the middle of recording a song and I'll give you a little background of it. Um, just because I, well, I like talking about stuff like this. So it's called so strong there. There was a show on Netflix, uh, came out a couple months ago called made. And it was about, um, this woman who was in an emotionally abusive relationship. And the series kind of went through this storyline of this person, the, the husband didn't physically beat up on her and stuff, but it was emotionally. And so it went through, you know, really the, the kind of touchy topic of abuse and all the different forms of abuse and all of that. And so I, I watched this, uh, this show binge watched it one Sunday and I wrote this song called so strong. And it just, it's, of course it's sassy because I, I can't figure out how to process anything any other way, but it's, it's the song about, you know, finally getting fed up, you know, I can only be so strong for so long, you know? And so I have that, uh, we got the music done. I have to cut the vocals and then hopefully we'll release that in the coming months. Um, I am going to start to gig out a little bit. I've been on kind of a break for that, but I have a show, um, in May, I figure out what day off, let you know, but we're going to be playing the underdog in Nashville. And then really from there, just going to try to book as much as we can because with the pandemic and, you know, uh, recording music and all that really, really wanting to gear up and just get, get in front of people, you know, just have that one-on-one relational thing. So 
I'm hoping that's what this year is going to consist of just a lot of music releases and a lot of just face to face with the fans. And I'm sure it's very exciting to get back out there after the pandemic and everything and, and all the restrictions. It's nice to have that uh, connectivity again and networking and meeting the fans. Absolutely. I, um, whenever I first started Gibson, I was working second shift for like nine months. And so what I would do was, and it just but plays into the, the kind of oddity that I am. Sometimes I would leave on my lunch break at like seven o'clock covered in sawdust. And I would go downtown Nashville and I would play a writer's round, writer's round, just looking like a dirt ball in my work clothes. And then as soon as it would be over, I'd be like, all right, I got to go back to work. And then I would go back to work. So now luckily I'm on, I'm on day shift. I got transferred to day shift. And so I'm looking forward to being able to get out there, but also, maybe having a shower, you know, beforehand, it'll be kind of nice. <laughs> oh, I can relate to that. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, oh, it's been such a pleasure getting to know you and having you on Tara and you are welcome back anytime. Oh, thank you so much. I absolutely love your show and I love what you are doing for women. And I cannot wait to see what you have going on this year. I just appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us for another episode of Crazy Women Country. Have a wonderful day. If you enjoyed today's episode of Crazy Women Country, don't forget to give us a thumbs up. Be sure to click the subscribe button for new interviews weekly. And thank you, friends, for joining us today on Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter.